Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Good morning. Welcome to the first Sunday of 2024. It's hard to believe, isn't it? It's exciting to know we're starting a new year. A year with endless hope, possibilities. A lot of great things happening. Tomorrow, we kick off our annual season of prayer and fasting. For those of you new to Life Church, we try to start off every year in January with a season of prayer and fasting, seven days of prayer and fasting. Some of you will be doing longer than that, 21-day Daniel's fast. Whatever you want to do, I just want to encourage you a couple things. First of all, there's a lot of great resources online that you can find about whatever kind of fast you want to do. But I want to encourage everybody to participate in some way uh, this week during the fast. You might just want to give up sodas. You might want to give up some, whatever. Food, there's a novel thought, amen? <laughs> Giving up food on a fast, amen? And uh, just get ready, because it's going to be a great time of unity for the body of Christ, the church coming together. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I'm just speaking for myself. I did my part this week to get rid of the candies and the cookies in my house in preparation for the fast. Matter of fact, like I do in every area of my life, I just went above and beyond, Amen? <laughs> And I just took the burden for my family, and I ate up all that cookies and candy. <laughs> Amen. So I'm ready. Uh, your boy is ready. He's ready. Amen. Uh, also, next week, I just want to tell everybody, we kick off a great, great way to kick off the new year. And it's been a while since he's been with us, but we're having a two-weekend winter revival with our favorite evangelist, Tony Suarez. He's going to be back with us. Amen. It's been a while since he's been here, so I want to encourage you, don't miss either of these weekends, the 14th or the 21st. We're going to start our year off right in revival. Well, let's go to the Bible today, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6 for our text. <clears throat> looks good in here, don't it? Amen. Looks good to see all these smiling faces. Deuteronomy 1 and 6, the Lord our God said to us at Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Hallelujah. See, I'm already happy. Y'all way more engaged than 9 o'clock was. <laughs> I can already tell. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Verse 7 says, break camp and advance into the hill country of the Amorites, Go to all the neighboring people in the Arabah, in the mountains, in the western foothills, in the Negev, and along the coast, to the land of the Canaanites and the Lebanon, or Lebanon, however you want to say it, as far as the great river, the Euphrates. See, I have given you this land. And I like this. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. Here's what the Lord said. He said, you've been in this one place long enough. Come on, somebody. It's time to break camp. It's time to advance. Oh, y'all feeling it right now. And it's time to take what God has given to you. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. So I want to preach on this subject today. Go and possess the land. Go and possess the land. Last Sunday I talked about all the possibilities that a new year affords us. And man, I don't know about you, I'm excited. I'm glad it's underway. I'm thankful for all that the Lord has done for us. Uh, and, and you know, I think it's also great, New Year's is a great time, not only I think to look forward, but it's a great opportunity just to think for a few moments about how blessed we were in 2023, amen? God's goodness. I'm excited for what he's done, amen? But one thing I'm going to tell you that I'm thankful for, and I'll never apologize for this, I'm thankful for the church. Amen. Come on, I'm thankful for the body of Christ. Praise God for his church. Praise God for the body of Christ. There is nothing else like it in the world. God's church is powerful. God's church is beautiful. God's church is essential for the generation that we live in. She ain't perfect, amen, but she's his bride, amen. And I'm glad to be a part of it. My family is in the church. My best friends are in the church. Come on, my small group is in the church. Amen. My brothers and sisters, amen. My peeps are right here in the church. Thank God for his church. And as we begin a brand new year, I believe that we have only begun to see all the great things that God has in store for us as his children. And as it is with every year, no doubt, including every single one of us, 2023 has had not only its ups, but it's had some downs, right? There's been highs and lows, but here we are getting ready for another year of blessing. But for some of you, and I want you to really listen up closely, because I don't know if it applies to everybody, but for some of you, I want to proclaim to you that this is not going to be just another year. Come on, I feel that in the Holy Ghost. Come on. This will not just be another year of ordinary. This will not just be another year of the same old, same old. Come on. This is going to be a season of possessing the land that God has promised you. Come on. Some of you have been praying about some stuff for a long time. Ah, this is your year. Come on, you've been where you are long enough. It's time to break camp. It's time to advance. It's time to take possession of the things that God has called you to do. Hallelujah. I want to admonish you as Moses did through the Lord. The Lord did through the voice of Moses. He said, you've stayed here long enough. It's time to break camp and advance and see the land that is set before you. Go and possess it. Hallelujah. See, possessing your promise will not be without opposition. It will not be without sacrifice. It will not be without hard work, but it will be worth it if you possess your land. Now, for many of you, hear me, the best days lie ahead of you. And your tomorrow is bright. Hallelujah. There's a land waiting for us. Go up and possess it. Amen. See, are you ready for what God has promised for you and your family? Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you right now, I've lived a good life already, but I still believe that my best days are still in front of me. Amen? I believe the best days for this church are still in front of us. I believe the best days for my family are still in front of me. Amen? I want to talk to you about the children of Israel, and particularly Joshua and Caleb. When it was finally time for Israel to actually go in and possess their promise, some of them were more ready than others to claim their promise. 
When you read the story of Israel, you see that because of fear and disobedience, they were forced to wander in the wilderness for 40 years instead of possessing their promise when they first had their chance. Now, I'm not going to read the story today, but Moses sent 12 spies to explore the promised land and to bring back a report so they would then be prepared to go in as the Lord had directed them to do. You can read about it in Numbers 13. These men were not just ordinary guys. Their names weren't just drawn out of a hat. It wasn't just eeny, meeny, miny, mo. These men were respected men. The Bible actually said that they were recognized for their leadership in each of their own tribes. They picked a man who was a prominent leader from every tribe. And these spies were sent, and when they returned to the camp, much to Moses' surprise, they didn't come back with a game plan of attack. They didn't come back with a glowing report, but instead they came back with hesitation and they came back with fear. Ten of the 12 spies gave an unfavorable report to Moses and the people. Fear. Everybody say fear. Fear Fear had gripped ten of them and fear rapidly spread through the people. By the way, if you're a leader, let me just throw this out and tell you, that's what happens when leaders walk in fear. Come on, that's what happens when leaders walk in negativity. Come on, somebody, amen. But two of the spies by the name of Caleb and Joshua, woo, they were not on board with that negative report. They didn't disagree. They did not disagree with the facts. Yeah, there's giants in the land. Yeah, there's walled cities. Yes, there's opposition, amen. But they did not also agree with the posture that they took about facing their obstacles. Come on, hallelujah. They saw the challenges in front of them just like everybody else did, amen? But instead of operating from fear, they tried to assure the people that there was nothing to fear because the Lord was with them, hallelujah, and that this land was what God had promised to them. Come on, and hear me. Their optimism was not some misguided pie-in-the-sky faith talk either. They were standing strong based on their experiences with God to that point. See, they remembered the miracles in Egypt. Oh, they remembered the plagues that brought them out and led to the exodus. They remembered the crossing of the Red Sea and how God had so miraculously and powerfully delivered them. Come on, they remembered how God manifested himself on Mount Sinai. They knew God had done it before and God could do it again. I want to know, does anybody remember what God's already done? Does anybody remember what God has done? And you know he can do it again. Hallelujah. Oh, he can do it again. He can do it again. They knew that with God on their side, they were well able to overcome. Somebody say well able. Walled cities were no match for their faith. Giants that were in the land were no match for their God. But the fear of the ten won out over the faith of the two. The fear of the ten caused this spirit to spread through the crowd. And the people were not walking by faith. And then the Bible says the Lord became angry with them. And right before he sent the people into the wilderness for 40 years, that was their punishment. Like, okay, boys, if you don't want to take this promise, I'm going to send you into the wilderness. He had something to say about the doubters and about Caleb. And you know, man, every time God talks when he's mad, I mean, he doesn't pull any punches. Listen to what God said about the doubters. Numbers 14 and 22. Not one of these people 
will ever enter that land. And here, and he tells you why. He said, they've all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs that I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. As a matter of fact, not only are they not going to go into the land, look at verse 23. They will never even see the land that I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me. Now, by the way, I'm not going to preach about Notice, God said, you treated me with contempt. Whenever you doubt the promises of God, whenever you embrace fear over faith, come on somebody, it's as if God is saying you are treating me with contempt. It's like you think I'm a liar. God says don't treat me with contempt. Walk in faith and not fear. Verse 24, but, everybody say but. My servant Caleb. I love this from the NLT. He has a different attitude than the others have. And he has remained loyal to me. And so guess what happens? I will bring him into the land that he explored. And not only him, not only did Caleb get blessed, his descendants will possess their full share. Everybody say full share. They're going to possess their full share of the land. Not only am I going to bless Caleb, I'm going to bless his descendants. And they ain't just getting a little piece. They're getting everything that I've promised for them to get. I love that verse from the NIV. It said, Caleb had a different spirit and he followed me wholeheartedly. The Lord said, the doubters have seen what I can do, and yet they continue to be afraid and test me and treat me with contempt by not going forward in faith. They're never going to see their promises come to pass. But Caleb, he has a different attitude, a different spirit. He has remained loyal to me. And by the way, let me just say this. Never underestimate the power of your attitude and your spirit and how your destiny will manifest itself. Come on, many of you are speaking negative energy and negative life and fear over your... You need to start speaking faith. You need to start having an attitude of confidence and believe that God's going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. Hallelujah. Not only is Caleb, God said, going to possess the land, but his descendants will also possess the land. You know what? Hear me, folks. Life Church and many of you will agree. I am not just faith fighting for me. Come on, I'm faith fighting for my family. I'm faith fighting for my wife. I'm faith fighting for my two daughters that are sitting on that front row right now. I'm faith fighting for my son-in-law, one right there, one in the sound booth. I'm faith fighting for that grandbaby. I'm faith fighting for you. I'm faith fighting for this church. I'm faith fighting for this city. Come on, is there anybody in this house with a different attitude? Anybody in this house that believes God can do what he said he can do? Do you believe he can give you your promise? Not just this promise, but your promise, your family, your future, your destiny. Hallelujah. So fast forward 40 years later. Wandering, wilderness, all these doubters. Joshua is now the leader of Israel because Moses has died. I bet you Joshua thought, are you kidding me? I got to lead these negative people for 40 years. Gee, thanks, Moses. Pastor Joshua had a rough job. 40 years with all the naysayers, all the negative Nellies. But now, 
after being forced to wander with the doubters, Caleb is ready to remind Joshua of what God said 40 years ago. Come on, somebody. Joshua chapter 14 and verse 6. And I love this. Caleb and Joshua stood alone the first time when they told Moses the good report. Here comes Joshua 40 years later. Look what it says. A delegation from the tribe of Judah led by Caleb. I bet Caleb thought, you know what? I'm going to make sure I got me some faith fighters who are going to go with me right now. We're going to go and claim our promise. And it said, led by Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite came to Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb said to Joshua, remember what the Lord said. I just want to stop and tell somebody, you need to remember what the Lord said. Ah, Come on, you're remembering what everybody else said. You need to remember what the Lord said. What did the Lord say about your marriage? What did the Lord say about your children? What did God say about your provision? Remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me. Joshua, don't you remember? You and me, when we were at Kadesh Barnea, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an honest report. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. Come on, not every brother is a faith brother. But my brothers, my fear brothers, scared the people. And I love this, Caleb said, but for my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So that day, Moses solemnly promised me the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grant of land and that of your descendants forever because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Year one in the wilderness, Caleb remembered, Moses solemnly promised me. Year five, Moses solemnly promised me. Year 10, Moses solemnly promised me. Year 20, year 30, year 35. No, 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 you don't understand. Moses said, the man of God said, the land of Canaan on which I am walking is gonna be mine. See, the Lord had called Caleb and promised him the land, and he had a 40-year delay, but he still embraced his promise. I will bring him into the land, and he and his descendants will possess it. And because he had a possess the land spirit, not only was he going to be blessed, but his seed was going to be blessed. Oh, hallelujah. Caleb said, my brothers have held me back long enough. I am ready to go and possess my land. Folks, here's the reality, and we all have to acknowledge this. There are still some people around you that are members of the 10 Spies Club. They're in the church. They might even be in your small group. They might be sitting on your row. I don't know. Don't look at anybody right now. Come on, they're part of the 10 Spies Club. There are still people that don't believe that things really are going to get better. They don't believe that God is actually going to come through for you. They don't believe that this year is going to be different than any other year. Come on. They don't believe that greater things are still on the horizon. They don't believe we can actually go in and do what God said we can do. You need to get away from those kind of people. You need to turn in your membership card to the 10 Spies Club. You need to stop paying your dues to the 10 Spies Club. And you need to come on over. It's a small group, but Joshua and Caleb said, come on over to my spy, my club of two, amen? Because where two or three are gathered in his name. 
I'm just going to say this. Some of y'all could radically change your world just by not hanging around with the doubters anymore. Well, I thought we were supposed to love everybody. Oh, yeah, keep loving them. Keep praying for them, amen. But don't let them be speaking that negativity into your life, amen. They're still your brothers, amen. But they're not walking in faith. They're not embracing the promise the way God wants you to embrace the promise. Hallelujah. We got to have the spirit of Joshua and Caleb. You need to start the year with the spirit of Joshua and Caleb. Hallelujah. A spirit that is still alive and well in the church. And I want to add my voice to that chorus of voices that echo by faith who can stand against us. Caleb and others like him. He brought that delegation with him. They believed that the power of God was more than a match for any obstacle that might stand between them and God's promise. Go and possess the land. Go and possess your promise. Amen? I don't know what God has promised to some of you, and I don't know when he's done it. There's things that God told my wife and I about this church when we first started pastoring years ago that still hasn't come to pass. But guess what? I still am embracing and believing God for my promise. Amen? God's going to do it. Amen? Some of you right now, you need to embrace your promise that this year you will be debt free. Somebody in this room, that's been your promise, and you've already talked yourself out of it on week number one. You need to embrace your promise. This is a year I become debt free. This is a year I pay off some of my loans. Come on. This is a year I get a new job. This is a year that my kids start serving the Lord. This is a year that my marriage takes a step forward in the right direction. Come on, somebody. What is God trying to promise you right now? This is the year that I move into my ministry and into my anointing that God has placed on my life. Hallelujah. See, God called you. And who cares if other people don't believe in your calling? Guess what? It wasn't a conference call when God called you. Hallelujah. Ah, He didn't need to have a conference call. He just needed to talk to me. Amen. Caleb waited 45 years to receive his promise. Patiently wandering with the naysayers and the doubters in the wilderness. He patiently persevered. His faith did not fade. He knew that God had promised him by an oath to give the land to him. He did not lose his hope and faith in the promises of God throughout all those difficult wilderness years. And some of you are there right now. You're wandering and you're wondering. Why did God, you're wandering and you're wondering. Come on, somebody. It doesn't make sense. Guess what? It ain't supposed to make sense. I don't understand it. Well, that's all right. His ways are not our ways. Can I just tell you right now, there's some things God told me, I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. But that's all right. God is still on the throne. Amen. He withstood rebellions. He withstood the murmurings of the people. He watched as his contemporaries died. He witnessed the passing of his leaders, Aaron and Moses, 45 years. But his faith never wavered. Kind of makes some of our waiting periods for our promises seem just a little less overwhelming, doesn't it? See, he knew that he would have to wander with the doubters, even though he had faith, before he could possess his promise, but he waited. And he was willing to endure the hardships of the present to enjoy the blessings of the future. Folks, waiting is never easy, especially if you're walking by faith. Amen? 
But with God, it means that something better is just being withheld for a later time. There is always a price tag of time and patience. Come on. You got to pay those price tags during the waiting season. Here's what Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 11 said. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end, Lotus, so that what you hope for may be fully, everybody say fully, fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience, faith and patience, inherited what has been promised. See, the cities of the promised land still had great walls 45 years later. They still had giants in the land 45 years later, amen. They still were fortified 45 years later. But what Caleb preached, he still believed. God has given us this land. We are now going to possess it. The work is not over. It is just beginning. Let the doubters doubt. Let the mockers mock. Let the lazy watch. But as for me, I will possess my land. See, faith looks beyond the problems to view the promises. And whatever God has said, faith must embrace. It makes the impossible possible. It turns defeat into victory. Jesus said that faith is powerful enough to pluck up trees and move mountains. He said if we can believe, all things are possible. We must believe that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I just want to say today, whether you need salvation, whether you need healing, whether you need blessing, or any other thing, faith in God and in his word is the channel by which you receive your promises. Amen? And the time finally came for Joshua to take the people in. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you, just in case he forgot, Joshua, I want to make sure you understand, this wasn't just a promise given to Moses and those who died. But I want to reiterate my promise to you. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever You set foot, you will be on land that I have given you. Now don't miss this, folks. God had given them the land, but hear me. They still had to take it. They still had to take it. This was not a trip to the closing attorney's office to sign some papers and get the key from the realtor. They were not going to walk through the Jordan River and on the other side be thousands of sets of keys to all the houses that you're now going to inherit. Amen. The promise was contingent upon them fighting for what God had given them. The conquest of the promised land began with those first steps by Israel into the banks of the Jordan River. The land of promise, though, was a land of unknowns. It was a land full of questions. Canaan was home to enemies of Israel that they had never faced before. But hear me, there was no going back. They crossed the Jordan River. They had a leader in Joshua who would not rest until they had conquered every obstacle that was set before them. The people of Israel, hear me, they had to dispossess the land of the inhabitants before they could inherit the land that was their promise. 
And I want to tell you right now, and this doesn't sound fun, it doesn't sound exciting, but for some of you, you're not going to possess something until you dispossess it from something else. For some of you, that's going to require prayer. That's going to require fasting. For some of you, that's going to require some lifestyle changes or some changes in direction in your home. You're going to have to take what God has given you, and you might have to take it away from the devil. You might have to take it away from people who are trying to rob you of your blessing. In order to possess, you must first dispossess from those that are embracing what is rightfully yours. See, we got to rise up and challenge the giants that are before us. If you're going to live victoriously in the promises of God, you're going to have to fight for it. Amen. Jesus Christ already conquered the enemies, but we got to be willing to fight for what is rightfully ours. His plan for his people has always been one of victory, and he has always paid the price for us to be victorious, but we got to fight to possess. The people of Israel who entered Canaan, with the exception of just a few, they were the wilderness generation. They had never known what peace and contentment was like because they only knew a life of wandering in the wilderness, all except for Joshua and Caleb and their families. The generation of adults that left Egypt died in the wilderness as a result of their unbelief. That first generation that left Egypt, they did not get to possess their promise. But Joshua and Caleb were going to bring all of those new babies all of those new generations, all of those young people. It was a generation, man, elderless, uh, Israel was full of all these generations of young people. And God promised them. Here's what he told them in Genesis, going all the way back to the book of Genesis, chapter 12 and verse two. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Abraham became significant to the plan because he responded to faith in God's call. God didn't necessarily choose Abraham just because he was more righteous or deserving of the call. Man, Abraham did some dumb stuff. Two times he gave his wife away. Oh, I'm so scared they're going to kill me. Tell them you're my sister. Two times. What kind of man would do that? Amen? Future events in his life would prove Abraham to be flawed just like the rest of us. But guess what? Abraham believed God. And according to Romans 4 and 3, his faith, because of his faith, God imputed righteousness to him. It all began by him accepting God's promise. Here's what Joshua said in Joshua 1 and 3. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land that I have given you. In Joshua 1, 4 through 5, I'm not going to read it, but God gave Joshua four promises. He said wherever he went, the land was going to be his. He said no man would be able to stand against him. He said God's presence was always going to be near to him and God would never leave him or forsake him. You talk about some promises. Hallelujah. Canaan was a land that was flowing with milk and honey. It was a beautiful land. It was a strategic land. It was amazing. God had this all planned out for his people, but they still had to go in and fight. You want to know what kind of promises God had for them? Listen to what God said he was going to give them. Deuteronomy 6, verse 10. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you, look what it's going to be. A land with large, flourishing cities you did not build. Houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide. Wells that you did not dig. Vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Then, when you eat and are satisfied, be careful. Everybody say, be careful. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord 
who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Come on, God, what are you, large flourishing cities that you didn't have to build. They have been slaves for over 400 years. Now God said, I'm going to give you entire cities that you didn't have to build. I'm going to give you houses, and not only houses, houses filled with good things. Stainless steel appliances. Granite and marble countertops. Flat screen TV steaks in the freezer. Come on, somebody. Houses filled with good things. Don't you love our God puts the icing right on the top of the cake? Wells that you didn't dig. Wells were a big deal in the Middle East. Olive groves that you did not plant. All because you embraced your promise. And you were willing to fight. See, all of this was theirs, but they had to possess it. And church, I just got to ask you, whatever God has promised you, are you willing to fight for it? Come on. Are you willing to fight for it? It might mean fighting on your knees in prayer. It might mean drawing some lines in the sand and saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It might be making some painful decisions and say, I'm going to move forward in faith and not in fear. It might mean whatever it means, God's going to tell you. The question is, are you willing to do it to embrace and receive your promise? The negative report of the 10 unfaithful spies, it gave them tunnel vision. They saw only the giants. And we cannot afford to allow ourselves to only look inward instead of upward. Amen. Hear me. Faith does not disregard the presence of problems, but faith looks beyond the obstacles to the potential of victory that lies ahead. I want the praise team and the musicians to come on up. Faith will allow you to acknowledge the challenge that's in front of you, but also know that the strength in God uh, is, is possible and victory is possible through the Lord. I got to ask you, what land is laying in front of you that God has promised to you? Come on. The Lord said, you've been here long enough. Sometimes you got to break camp and you've got to advance. I want to know, are there anybody here that's ready to break camp today? Come on, you're tired of the same old, same old. You're ready, come on, for God to pour out a new blessing. I'm ready for that fresh anointing. I'm ready for the former and the latter rain together. Hallelujah. I want you to stand with me all over this house. Joshua 18 and 3, I'm going to ask you a question that Joshua asked the people of Israel. Joshua asked them, how long are you going to wait before taking possession of the remaining land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given to you. See, some of them took their promises, but some of them were still just messing around on the fringes. Some of them had still not obtained everything that God had promised for them to obtain. So the question on this first Sunday of 2024 is the same. How long are you going to wait before taking possession of your promise? See, I can't guarantee you when it's going to happen. But I can tell you how it's going to happen. You got to fight for what's yours. You got to be willing to stand and boldly proclaim, Lord, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I'm not just fighting for me and mine. I'm fighting for future generations. Because I don't know how long the Lord is going to tarry. But you know what? If he waits around longer than I think he's going to wait, I want there to be a firm foundation for my kids and my grandkids to stand on. 
I'm talking about a foundation and a legacy of a family that serves and walks with God. If the Lord waits around longer than I think he's going to wait, I want Life Church to be the place in the city of Richmond where people come to be filled with the Holy Spirit, where people come to have their addictions set free. Come on, where people come to have their hope restored. See, I'm not just building for now. I'm building for them and for them down the road. And I want to ask you right now, as they begin to sing here in just a few moments, do you want to see God do what He has told you He's going to do in your life? And for some of you, you might just have the first step, might just be stepping out and saying, God, I still believe. When everything inside of you is actually saying, I really don't believe. I've lost my faith. I really don't know how it's going. God, I still believe. The 10 spies, I'm not listening to them anymore. All the doubters, I'm not hanging with those people anymore. God, I'm going to embrace your promise for my life. And I'm going to move forward in Jesus' name. And God, if it takes 40 years, if it takes 45 years, or if it only takes four weeks, God, I'm ready. How many of you are ready for God to do something new in your life this year? Are you ready to go and possess the land? All right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to step out from where you are, and I want you to come forward, and I want you to say, God, I'm ready. And hear me, let me tell you, I want you to be specific. I want you to be specific right now. Come on. We're not just going to have general vague faith. I want you to have specific faith right now. God, I need you to help me get rid of $32,000 worth of debt this year. Be specific. God, I'm tired of renting. I want to buy my own house this year. Be specific. God, my kids are rebellious. I want them to humble themselves and come to you. Be specific. Come on. My job stinks. I want a new job. I'm thankful for the job I got. But God, I want to make more money. I want to work in a better. Come on, be specific. Embrace your promise. God, I'm tired of being single. I want to meet the right person. Be specific. God, my marriage isn't what it needs to be. I want you to help make it stronger. Be specific. Embrace your promise. And possess the land. Amen. Come on, everybody, right now. Yes. This is my testimony. I'm ready, God. I'm ready. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. Write my story. I'm testifying by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Of death and life. Let's pray. Let's rewrite my story. I'm testifying by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. I'm back to life. This grace rewrote my story. Yes. I'm justified. Yes. By Jesus Christ alone. 
still not done. Yes, yes, yes. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe I'm not dead. You're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe I'm not dead. You're not done. Church. God bless you.